Monk Realty Show is the podcast at the intersection of real estate, technology, and future. This podcast is produced by Monk Tech Labs, which owns and operates SaaS products like the House Monk, which is used to manage residential portfolios, and the Office Monk, which is used to manage commercial portfolios. All right, folks, uh, we're back here with the Monk Realty Show, and I have a very special guest uh, here with me today. We have Wakar Hassan joining us today from Dubai. Uh, Wakar has been in the com- community management and real estate industry for more than a decade now. He has his own company, Itihad Community Management, uh, where he's the founder and the CEO. He's an active member and was the first elected president of CAI, the Community Association Institute uh, for the Middle East chapter. It's a global, uh, it's a global body. He's also an author, which is something that I found out today, uh, very interesting. His book, A Practical Guide to Community Management in Dubai, uh, is available for purchase for anybody who's interested. He's also uh, a CPM from the Institute of Real Estate Management, which is the highest level of certification as well. And he also serves as a member of their International Advisory Council. So thank you so much for being with us here today, Vakar. Thank you for inviting me and having me here. And thank you for the wonderful introduction. Uh, um, maybe a really good place you know, for us to start would be to talk about um, community managers in general, right? Something that we have noticed is that a lot of community managers get started really quickly, but they face a lot of challenges as they continue scaling their business. So maybe we can start the conversation on what do community managers have to keep in mind when they go from managing, let's say, their first 10 properties to, let's say, the next 100 properties. I think I will give example of uh, Johnson's. Mm-hmm. Johnson and Johnson is one company where uh, they believe that how a large organization can operate as a small organization. Mm-hmm. So that is the key. The larger the organization gets, the more they get stuck up with bureaucratic uh, procedures and they lose focus on what really matters. Mm-hmm. So even though uh, everybody wants to grow big, mm-hmm. but even the largest of organizations, they want to operate as small enterprises right because small enterprises have got their own advantage they're mm. closer to the customer they're more right. agile right decision making is faster right so if any large organization mm-hmm. whether in service industry or production if they can master the art of operating like a small business mm-hmm. they will get it right and very interesting and that is one of the key factors what successful organizations mm-hmm. do it so in the context of the community management industry like what would be the what would be the implication there i think it's the same operate like a small business don't get too obsessed with your corporate mm-hmm. uh, i'm not against the corporate thing right. but it slows you down mm. it, it it takes you away from the pulse of the customer mm. so if you can empower your team mm-hmm. let the decision making go to the ground mm-hmm. closer to the customer mm-hmm. the better that's fantastic so decentralized decision making let uh, the team that's actually at the property, uh, you know, as much as possible, you know, take the decisions. They know what's best for the customer. So that's yeah. a really good point, right? Yeah. Let's talk. So one of my favorite points to discuss is um, we all know the difference between a bad community manager and a good community manager. But what could be the differences between a good community manager and a great community manager? So I will add property managers to the equation. Sure. So good property managers and community managers, they manage the expenses uh-huh. they make sure the expenses are under control great property and community managers also look at the revenues so they make sure that 
not that you are spending excessively and and without any justification mm-hmm. but they are focused on making sure that the revenues are maximized mm. and even if you have to do a little bit of extra expenses mm-hmm. but if that justifies the extra revenue mm-hmm. that's what makes a great community and property manager interesting so let's say for a mid to large company that wants to follow that advice right what are some practical things that they can do to make that move from good to great so what some of uh, the good organizations globally do is uh, even though budgeting is a cumbersome process you know everybody hates it from big organization to small yeah. organization it's a people feel you know this is like where most of the uh, productive time is wasted on you know doing that budgeting yeah but a good thing to do is when you are giving this budgeting time to your managers you ask them how will they be able to manage if they were given 20% less mm-hmm. and what more can they achieve with 20% more mm. so they can justify and and that gives them the feeling of being in control mm-hmm. and and what they can do with more and how they will be surviving in in less and then mm. the decision makers can then make the right call of you know uh how to align that with their overall organizational objectives it, it's a really interesting point because when you hear from the managers directly hey i can still achieve this with 20% less that becomes a very easy scope for you know potentially cutting down and when you ask them what can you do with 20% more it gives them also an opportunity to show their creative juices right like, exactly <laughs> yeah you know give me an extra 100000 dirhams per month and i'll make this happen for you uh it really gives a really good uh, opportunity all around so that's that a, is all where the creative ideas and innovation right. in in service industry will come you know you let of the course. managers think what they can do with some extra money yeah that's very interesting like b- because we touched upon creativity and so much of community management uh, as an industry it's a blend of art and science right so like we we can't you know bucket it in uh, one particular uh, side of the equation what do you think are some creative ways um where community managers can engage the community better it's more to do it's an it's a holistic approach mm-hmm. if your community managers are empowered mm-hmm. your property managers empowered mm-hmm. that will solve a bulk of the problems a lot of problems in the world and and in the corporate world in the service industry are because we can't do simple things mm. and a lot of successful organizations what they do right is they get the simple things done right and if you do the simple things mm-hmm. right that is what will set you on the path to success and that comes from empowering your team if they can solve customers problems mm-hmm. that will uh, uplift their morale mm-hmm. they will feel a sense of achievement when they solve customers problem that that's a lot of satisfaction when you solve somebody's yeah. problem yeah and it is a big demoralizing factor that even if you're working in one of the best companies best systems but you can't solve the customers problem and you're stuck in that bureaucratic and, and mm-hmm. sops mm-hmm. it's demoralizing for the manager of course of course so i think uh, it, that is where the the success formula lies fantastic so let's talk a little bit about uh, the market that we're in like dubai and uae right um so we see this from all parts of the world that you know like we keep going to every geography every region gets a few things right and gets a few things wrong uh, maybe not wrong but like they could do better types right yeah. um so with respect to let's say dubai as a market what do you think is one thing that this market in community management gets right and what do you think could be something that this market can do better on i think uh, community management industry and professional body in this market particularly in dubai 
what they did right was the education and pro professional credentials uh, mm -hmm. our community managers like a majority of them they have professional credentials they have completed their education you know the partnership with uh, community associations institute mm -hmm. which started like in uh, almost 10 years ago mm -hmm. then we got the chapter officially here mm -hmm. in 2017 mm -hmm. that gave a lot of uh, professional backing credibility confidence to the community managers mm. this is way more than the property management side which right. is still you know influenced and more uh, obsessed with the broker mindset mm -hmm. there are good players in the market mm -hmm. but if you look at the majority of the professionals yeah. uh, i think the community management industry is uh, is is way high in that category okay and something that we can do better is uh, I think we've got we've made the processes uh the SOPs that we follow here are one of the strictest in the world and as I said before about budgeting I think the more simple we make things mm -hmm. more easy we make things more empower we give to the uh, empowerment we you know let it go to the ground level yeah it's going to have uh, further fantastic effects on 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 the market overall and people's problems are solved Interesting. Okay, so a lot of talk and conversation is around. Hey, this community is really well run. Now, when you hear a community is well run, or if somebody hears, okay, this is a well run community, what should they be thinking? Like, how do we say that this is a well run community and that is not a well run community? So, for somebody from the outside, when they look at a community, they look at a building. What they see is the cleanliness. How good is the paint? how the building is smelling it's all the aesthetics right but when i look at a community i'm more concerned about what is under the skin mm -hmm. you'll be surprised to know that during my decade or more experience in the real estate i've never been asked to provide financial statements of of a community mm -hmm. whether it's a corporate investor or a small investor mm -hmm. when they're investing they are mostly investing based on the uh aesthetics and the outer appearance of the building right they never ask for how well the building is financially and that is something i would like to see in the market interesting and when investors are making the decision look at the financial stability of the of the building mm -hmm. so because that that can have significant consequences on the investment so when you say uh, the financial stability do you mean how the common areas like are maintained like and things like that or do you talk about the lease and the rents which are being paid as well So when somebody is investing in the property for uh, leasing an investment, mm -hmm. so they will have the access to the complete finance. Of course, you know they are looking at the ROI. But yeah. when they are investing in a jointly owned property or the ah, community association, that's right. So they will look at the financials of uh, that you know, particular ability of that particular unit. unit. Yeah. But they don't know if that community has enough funds, has enough reserve fund to yeah. operate. Yeah. You know, yeah. What is the level of receivables? What is the level of payables? Mm. So that kind of uh, due diligence is is not being done which is a risk mm -hmm. and that what sets good property and community management firms from somebody who's just doing a superficial job yeah so when somebody comes to us we advise them you know look at this why mm -hmm. you should invest in our building because they are very well managed mm -hmm. not just on the outside mm -hmm. but they've got very strong financials to support your investment so that's that, that's a really interesting point um, if you can give one tip for uh, a community manager on how they can better manage their finances what would that one tip be it starts with transparency okay 
एंड ऑनेस्टी इफ यू आर ऑनेस्ट यू विल हैव नो प्रॉब्लम बींग ट्रांसपेरेंट एंड इफ यू आर ट्रांसपेरेंट पीपल विल ट्रस्ट यू विद देर मनी यू शुड बी एबल टू लुक इन टू दी आईज ऑफ द कस्टमर्स एंड टेल देम दैट यू आर स्पेंडिंग देयर मनी वेर इट शुड बी स्पेंड दैट इज द की इंटरेस्टिंग सो समथिंग दैट वी नोटिस वन वी स्पीक टू रेजिडेंट्स ऑफ दीज बिल्डिंग्स राइट there's always like a two types of people one who keep pushing the community manager towards look reduce expense i don't want to be paying this much common area maintenance uh, or whatever the society fee could be reduce 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 whereas there's also that other resident class who are willing to spend a little bit more and say like look but can we do more for the community can we do some events you know can we do this can we do, can we do this deep cleaning and things like that right so how do you kind of balance the these you know two completely opposite sides of the interest spectrum the same trick we talked about when we are asking managers to budget for 20% less and 20% more mm-hmm. if you are transparent i put the question to the owners okay there are the expenses tell us what do you want to reduce are mm-hmm. you okay with some redu- reduced cleaning standards mm-hmm. are you okay with less number of facade cleanings mm-hmm. and believe me they all walk away with asking for okay you know add something on this so it's always a mix of somebody wants the lobby furniture to be upgraded right but they don't understand that how important it is to spend on the chillers right and it is our job to exp- you know explain it to them that you know even though you don't see the chillers right. being maintained but they are very important in the summers of course you will feel them right. you can't see them but you feel the air conditioning right and they understand correct so i think the transparency part works wonders mm-hmm. if you are open about your expenses with the customers mm-hmm. they will understand nobody is uh, that rigid Mm-hmm. A very small minority, which you can uh, get away with. Okay. But majority of the people, they will understand uh, how you are uh, interested in the community, where the money is being spent. Mm-hmm. And once they understand how this money being spent is actually benefiting them, enhancing their investment, mm-hmm. they are very happy to do it. Interesting. And um, so much of community management itself becomes about the community manager who is on site, right? Like at any particular property. what are a couple of attributes um that you would love to see or that uh, whenever like somebody is interviewing you know for a community management role you know in your company what are those two three key attributes that you see that you're like okay if this person has these three attributes they will make a fantastic community manager i think it's the personality mm-hmm. uh if you are able to get along with people mm-hmm. if you don't get upset with people who are upset mm-hmm. if you are able to listen to people's problems mm-hmm. and solve those problems mm-hmm. if you lo- if you if you love helping people mm-hmm. this is something that i look for it is the attitude mm-hmm. good communication mm-hmm. and having empathy for customers mm. because they've spent a lot of money buying property yeah and if they are upset about something yeah we should not feel uh, frustrated we should not feel uh, yeah. you know that that guy is being petty yeah we should really put ourselves into their shoes yeah and try to genuinely understand and once you show that level of respect mm-hmm. people's attitude also change mm. so it is our responsibility that with our positivity mm-hmm. we change the other person right and bring them on our side right so that is the kind of thing that i look for in my team that's a very interesting point especially the one about empathy because what we notice this of course with property managers community managers even facility management staff right it's for all of the professionals 
that residential asset is their place of work but for the people in that building it's their home yeah right so not having access to let's say the chiller is not working even if it's just a one hour thing to fix but they still have to live without an air conditioner like that too in the middle of the summer especially in these parts of the world so it gets very frustrating so your point on empathy is very interesting patience of course is like also an interesting uh, attribute and just having that core you know communication and interpersonal skills right so all if you are going to treat your customers with respect mm-hmm. that is something uh, which will have a positive if you are not going to respect them mm-hmm. and that could be just inside a thought inside inside you yeah it is going to have a vibe yeah, right it is going to affect people feel when whether you are genuinely respecting them or not yeah so what i tell my team is to genuinely respect the customer mm. put yourself self in in their shoes and feel their problems and no matter how petty you might be feeling it but understand that it is the genuine problem for them it is something that they are feeling it try yeah. to solve that problem and if you can't solve that problem explain it to them your limitations yeah yeah and and uh, treat your customers as you know one team yeah no fair enough fair enough maybe uh, one quick point we can touch upon because you spend a lot of your time on the training aspect of community management as well what do you think are a couple of skills which are really difficult to train a new community managers on i think it's it's a transfer it's a personal transformation mm-hmm. so there are two aspects to it you can uh, the personal connection part that has to come from within mm-hmm. so you can give some guidance to people but they have to transform themselves yeah in becoming that yeah. person you know people are comfortable with yeah and the other thing is uh, the the financial part mm. so like swimming mm-hmm. you can't learn it in, in a classroom yeah accounts and and financial management also you can't learn it on your own yeah. you need to have some theoretical background some understanding yeah. of the terminology yeah so that is i, I think uh, two aspects fantastic so one of the most interesting topics for us especially because we come from the proptech world is the impact of technology on the community management industry and on communities at large so can you give us like you know some pointers on what we should how how should we think about tech in community management so i like to you know share unconventional views okay so tech for me is you know like growth for the sake of growth is the you know characteristic of a cancer cell right similarly tech should be used as a means to an end hmm tech in itself uh is is nothing unless it fits somewhere into your entire proposition you know how do your customers want it for example i want something at the tip of my uh thumb you know mm-hmm. i want to do something in the app i don't want to spend time of talking some to someone mm-hmm. explaining it to them i want it done automatically hmm but there are some customers who are not so tech friendly especially in the real estate a lot of real estate owners and investors mm-hmm. they are from an age group which is not very technologically uh, comfortable with with technology right they want to talk to someone right so if you are dealing with that uh customer segment mm-hmm. you can use technology to up your game right to have everything at your fingertips but you should at the same time offer that personalized service i'll ask mm. you a question you know when you when you reach 
the highest tier of any uh, customer program, you know, right? The Emirates Skywards or any banking package, you know, you, you reach to the top. What do you get? We get a personalized experience. Personalized service. So this is where uh, even community managers and property managers, they need to gauge what their customers are comfortable with mm. and then balance it. So technology is essential because mm -hmm. you cannot give that personalized service unless you have the data and the right. technology to support you. Right. You can't be fiddling with a lot of papers and Excel sheet if somebody calls you and asks you for something. But right. if they call you and they explain to you your their problem mm -hmm. and you have that data, you have the technology to support you, mm -hmm. you can do a fantastic job. This mm -hmm. is my view on integrating technology in the overall equation of providing a good customer experience. Interesting. Now, when it comes to technology itself, right? Yes. And there are so many solutions that are in the market. Now, are there any solutions which you're looking for in the sense that I wish this technology existed, but it doesn't yet exist, or I wish this software existed, I wish this app existed, but it doesn't currently exist in the market. There are two things that I, I look at that, you know, in, in two ways. A lot of things are simple that are not getting done. Mm -hmm. So a lot of successful organizations, they do simple things right. Mm -hmm. And that is what is missing in the market. Right. Simple things done right. Mm -hmm. That comes from employee empowerment. Mm -hmm. If there is any technology mm -hmm. that can help mm -hmm. and augment that employee empowerment to solve mm -hmm. problems, mm -hmm. that is something that needs to be done. The other thing is, uh, you'll be surprised to know that property managers, real estate investors, or anyone who is involved with real estate. Firstly, there is a age segment. Of course, you know, it's not young people who are a lot of property owners and investors. Mm -hmm. It's a certain age segment. Mm -hmm. And also, this is the kind of mindset that is dealing with tangible assets. Mm. They are very pragmatic people. Right. You need to give them pragmatic solutions. Mm -hmm. And a solution that they implement has to have some tangible effect on the on the yeah. on the on the income statement and yeah. balance sheet. You know? yeah. Either it is giving some revenue or yeah. it is increasing the asset value. So, Institute of Real Estate Management they do these uh, technology insight survey. Mm -hmm. uh, they ask questions to property managers in U.S. and Canada. Would you like to take a guess? What is the most popular prop tech there? Has to be maybe CRM. No. Property management software. No. Excel sheets. <laughs> no, it is. Even though Excel sheets are still very popular. Right. <laughs> property managers in US and Canada mm -hmm. are using drones, mm -hmm. which sounds very fancy, but drones are being used and they are the most prop popular prop tech mm -hmm. for doing uh, the mapping, uh, doing mm -hmm. external surveys and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That gives us the idea that if something has a practical use, mm -hmm. only that technology will be adopted. Right. And it's not just, uh, even though the technology may be very good, very fancy, mm -hmm. uh, solving, uh, you know, making life easier for tenants, but mm -hmm. unless it is having some benefit, right. some return for the property manager or the real estate investors, mm -hmm. it will not catch up. It will not get the adoption. Yeah, right? that yeah. It the adoption is the right word. Uh, just talking about adoption, right? So one level is adoption at the community management, property management company level. Second is the adoption on the resident and tenant level, right? What we notice is that in many buildings, okay, now we've implemented this property management software, community software, whatever that can be. But 
the app which is being put out for the residents to actually use maybe 20% 25% of residents actually download that app right why do you think that is so because it it has so many benefits so many wins but still we never see any any community where okay all 100% of residents are using the forget 100% we don't even see 75 80% adoption right so why why does that happen how many instant messaging apps are there in the market a lot yeah countless right yeah how many email service providers are there in the market a lot a lot but if you look at the market share some are more popular than others mm-hmm. yeah whatsapp is one of the most popular ones right a lot of people have signal and telegram but they don't use it right i think this has something to do with culture and fashion and mm-hmm. social acceptance mm-hmm. even though a lot of instant messaging applications they are all doing the same job they are all providing the same service but people right. don't use it correct it just doesn't fit it just doesn't feel so i think it's it's got to do with you know uh the the social and fashion metric something that is that becomes a cultural part of a group of people mhm and mm-hmm. that's how it i think that is one of the reasons if people start using that mhm then so what can because i'm thinking from the side of community and property management where if you can get all of your residents and tenants to use an app like this it actually makes your job a lot easier yeah. especially for you as a business owner but across like everybody in your organization because now what happens to community managers is that you get a phone call for something you get a whatsapp message for something else you get an email for something else somebody is like walking through your door you know uh, at the property like saying hey this this issue, this is there and we can kind of replace all of this through the apps and the technology yeah. exists and you're already paying for it right and still the fact that it doesn't get as much consumption um remains like very uh, a baffling point right like why despite the fact that tech is there and the tech is being paid for it's not even free tech like people are paying for the tech the adoption is always like very low so maybe from your experience could you suggest maybe a couple of points that other property managers and community managers can do to boost the adoption of these apps uh, at the resident and tenant level i think if your customer is not com- when you are inviting somebody to your app mm-hmm. you are inviting the customer to you right mm-hmm. if your customers are not coming to you mm-hmm. you go to them right so what are your customers using mm-hmm. whatsapp right what are your customers using facebook mm-hmm. what are your customers using instagram mm-hmm. so you need to work out a tech solution right that keeps you in control but mm-hmm. you reach out to them very your customers where mm-hmm. they want to communicate interesting so you put your customers first i think that, that's you can't force people to use facebook if they are into instagram yeah you can't force people to use telegram line kick or yeah. signal if they yeah. want to use whatsapp yeah no <laughs> then that's a very interesting point it also like kind of continues on the theme of something that you said earlier which is start at the customer and work backwards right so the aim is customer service and all the tech and everything that we use is just an enabler for that you can't develop something that you want and then force it on the customers yeah. a lot of things like that have failed and they will continue to fail right because huh? why would why would they do it there has to be <laughs> if someone from our product team is listening please take this feedback because we build quite a lot of products you know at the customer level but the feedback here is very interesting which is that look at what the customers are using and figure out channels to connect to that you know instead of like building new things that they might not particularly be interested in yeah. using so it's super a lot of lot, lot of insights right that we've kind of unpacked um maybe like something to close out this conversation with could be i'll, I'll give you one more example sure google is a giant technology uh-huh. giant so they uh 
had this orchid a social media network yeah they closed it down yeah because people were not using it right. not that it was not uh full of features or something but right. people were just not using it there was a certain uh bracket age bracket of people mm-hmm. who were more into facebook yeah. and then they just lost it right. same with google uh, pages the plus the google plus, plus yeah again it's obsolete yeah so even somebody like google cannot force people to use one of their products yeah so i think nobody can force people to use any of the products it yeah. is these tech companies who have to understand where the trend is mm. because it is like you know it's it's where are most of where is the happening place right it is like any other social media you have to look at and the technology world you have to look at as like a physical world you know? right where do people like to hang out right you go there correct rather than creating somebody some some place and yeah. then expecting people to come no they will not ah, very interesting like two takeaways there one is that go where the customers are and two google is not good at social media so <laughs> so there's like two good things you know for us to for us to keep in mind um, maybe like some uh, a last point that we can possibly discuss right we are looking at the let's say automobile industry right now and it's going through a generational shift um the entire world is like shifting out of you know petrol diesel vehicles and you know moving more into electric vehicles um once in a generation seismic change what do you think could be like a seismic shift in the community property management industries over the next 10 to 15 years or so this is very difficult to predict mhm the way technology is advancing it has always been like that you know a lot of people like to say we are going through unprecedented times i hate that phrase right. because uh, this is the time of unprecedented change unprecedented innovation i don't agree with that mm-hmm. if you go back in history when the world was going through world wars it was unprecedented time right there were big pandemics mm-hmm. in the 1930s and 40s yeah. there were global wars taking place yeah people had uh, uh, education break for years mm-hmm. there were you know then right. you look at the generation who was uh, growing up in the 80s uh-huh. 70s there was uh-huh. cold war right there were a lot of global yeah. events taking yeah. place at that time it has always been like that human history is always full of unprecedented change change right. is the only constant right. so there is uh, no point in you know uh, feeling special that we are living in an un- no it has always been like that and right. the change is is uh, taking place right and it is also very difficult to predict what the technology uh landscape would be in 10 years it's right. very difficult but what i can say confidently is that if you do the simple things right mm-hmm. if you are on the right side of your customers you are feeling their pulse mm-hmm. you will navigate with them right you will all go there together right rather than you you envision something mm-hmm. and you start following that trajectory mm-hmm. but the world goes somewhere else and right. you will end up somewhere else where your customers are not there so i believe if you just walk with your customers mm-hmm. be with them mm-hmm. i think you will land up at the right place in future fantastic that's like very nice to hear we can keep talking you know like for the rest of the day but i think like we'll kind of uh, end up running out of time agar thank you so much for sharing these insights with us here today and hope to like speak to you maybe in a couple of years and see like you know where things stand then Thank you Ajay it was a pleasure meeting It you It was a pleasure meeting you as Thank well you. Thank you so much Thank you If you like the show please don't forget to give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify